Jay Welcome back to In Retrospect Podcast. We look beyond the surface to find, understand, bring you laughs, knowledge, and culture. So sit back, relax, and join the convo. As you can see, we are joined by a very special guest. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, this is Vic Kurt, also known as Mr. Without the CEO of Woodhouse Network. Um, so we have been inviting different people to the show just to get a glimpse into their world and the things that they do because we find it interesting and we like to unpack things. Um, so you said you're a CEO and an entrepreneur. Can you tell us a little more about that? So CEO of Woodhouse Networks. Uh, Woodhouse Networks started off as a bodyguard security firm. Um, now is a bodyguard executive protection and also a transportation business all in one. Um, so I have several different businesses, um, a couple of restaurants, a couple of food trucks back in Virginia, currently residing in Atlanta, where I work with a lot of different uh, uh, entertainers, um, celebrities, who's who of uh, this industry. Okay. And how did you get into the field of bodyguarding? Because I wouldn't imagine that that's easy with the type of clients that you deal with. <laughs> Right, right. Um, it's a funny story. It uh, it all started with me going out with some friends. Um, just getting in college, you know, I was a big football player. So having some guys around me that uh, looked like security, but it was really like family. And people were asked, like, when we go different places, they're like, hey, that's your security, or can I hire your security? And I'm like, yeah, for the right amount. So I ended up starting a small security company in Virginia where we did, like, nightclubs and uh, radio station uh, concerts. And from that, it was just networking. When people come in town, um, just doing a good job, the radio station would plug me in with a lot of people. I started working with uh, DTLR, which is the clothing brand store, but it's also an entertainment. So they have the second side that they work with a lot of uh, music industry um, artists. And so they have a lot of meet and greets where you can meet artists, and they will always use my company up in the East Coast. And so from that, I use that as a networking and branding situation where you know, I would talk to the artist management and say, hey, if you ever need some security in town or out of town, and, you know, they start calling. Okay. And, Kurt, you know, I know you did mention a lot of, uh, you know, relationships were being built when you were, you know, establishing all these connections. Uh, I just wanted you to talk about a little bit. I know a lot of folks get caught in the monetary value of everything because, of course, money is important when it comes to living uh, and, you know, quality of life. I just wanted you to talk about, you know, the importance of, like, how relationships are our currency. Like, relationships are currency. Absolutely. So just being honest, transparent. I don't. Having just being transparent, I um, I would tell anybody that's starting off in the business, don't look for the money. Um, networking with um clients or networking with people goes further. Your name goes further. Um, when I first started, I will honestly say, even for I can use it for example. Um, my first time having to leave out of Virginia to go to a different state, um, I only charged the person fifty dollars for me to do security um, for a meet and greet for like four hours. However, wow. there was no transportation for me leaving for Virginia, so I had to drive myself, pay for my own gas. You know, um, the first time I did not stay overnight, the second time I did pay for my own hotel, so I actually went in a hole going. But from me going to work that venue, not that venue, that working with that client, I actually got that client and then the money came later. You know, it was a longevity. So I always tell people, you can get a hot meal today or you can get a warm meal for a whole year. I like a warm meal. So I'm not trying to get this one hot meal and then I'll get the rest of the year. Give me that warm meal for the whole year and you're going to be pretty successful. But how would you have known, though, like that that short-term sacrifice is going to be a long-term payoff? You don't. What I tell people um, is more so 
you got to sell yourself. Um, people, like, we can advertise on social media and everything, but word of mouth travel quicker. So for me, uh, radio stations, um, when people would come in town and ask, hey, what company do y'all know out here? Or even now with me starting up a new transportation company that's only like two years old, I'm getting a lot of word of mouth um, calls more so than I am the uh, social media or the ads or like that. It's a lot of word of mouth because if you're happy with something, you're going to tell somebody about it. If you're not happy about it, you can talk about it too. So mm-hmm. I think um, you can't go looking or expecting that, hey, I'm going to get rich quick um, because there's not a job out here where you can get rich quick. You know, there's a job out here that's going to give you consistency, and that's what you want to get, consistency. That's true. You got to start somewhere. Right. Um, who are some of the well-known people that you've worked with? <laughs> I'm not looking at the wall because they're all over, all over my wall. Um so I grew up with Allen Iverson, so I've worked with Allen Iverson a lot. Me, Allen Iverson, Michael Vick, all from Virginia, so we play ball. Very good friends now. Um, the J. Coles, the 50 Cents, um, the Monicas. I still have a relationship with Monica. We worked over 15 years together. Um, the Two Chains, um, the Futures, the Ludacris's. So um, my longevity clients, even now I get a lot of calls and I still go on the road for overseas or like some um big events i will stop when i'm overseas or do it but um you know monica was 15 years in two chains has been the last nine years um the gz's been the last four years so it's a lot of the who's who and a good and the, the good thing about it is once they're comfortable with you and again most of these clients were by you know word of mouth like hey um monica was a meeting greet with dtlr here in atlanta that we drove down for um, and again, the CEO of DTLR, Sean Caesar, definitely plugged me in and like, hey, network, and you know, don't don't try to get rich, but just network. And I gave a card, and about four months later, I got a call that said, hey, can you get on the flight to uh, New York? And from that, you know, what I mean, um, 15 years later, I've been for every day. I went from a bodyguard to a road manager to booking everything for, so it became more of a family. Um, that's one of the reasons why I even moved down here to Atlanta was um, flying from Virginia to Atlanta, standing in the hotels and everyone else going home. It's like, uh, but um, once you're working with certain artists, they, they include you as family. You're around their kids, you're traveling, you're vacationing together. So work don't feel like work. It's feel like you're hanging out with your family. Gotcha. Right, and please everybody, please understand that's watching this. Yes, he dropped a lot of big names that you may be familiar with, but please understand this was not an overnight thing. As he mentioned before he started, this was a process and everybody wants this microwave you know success success. they they want this microwave you know result it's not going to happen like that it may happen to some but you know but if you get it fast you'll lose it just as fast too now because you don't know how to handle it (laughs) what i got to realize too and and just being totally transparent i think i can be honest in the show there's always someone that's willing to do it cheaper than you there's always willing somebody to do it better than you so you got to make yourself relevant. And I think in any industry, um, what artists are starting to learn, the, the cheaper you go, the less more experience you're going to get and the more liability you're going to get. And for me, I never, I used to, in the beginning, again, my rates would be very, very low. And then I just to drop some quick knowledge, ask what a person budget is before you sell what your rate is. And I learned this from a uh, event planner uh, won't say her name, but she's a big name event planner. And when she called me for an event, 
She was like, hey, well, you know, how much do you charge? And I had a number in mind. And it was very, I mean, it was reasonable. And I could pay everybody to make some money, but it was low. And when I told her, she said, I'm going to ask you again, how much are you going to charge? And I said, well, what is your budget? And and I learned in that moment. And her budget was maybe four times what I was going to charge. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, yeah, we can do it for that amount. She's like, good. So to me, so again, I would just tell anybody that starting off in this industry or any kind of industry, find out what that person's budget is. If you can make it work to build a relationship, do it. If you can't, see, you know what I mean? See if you, you know, if it, it may, it's okay to walk away from the deal because yeah. the rate is a certain amount and they can't afford it. They want to be cheaper. Just come back. Your rate may be the same, may be higher, but never lowball yourself really to fit in something that may be a one night situation. Yeah. Because I guess once you accept the lower number, that's all you're going to continue to get, too. For a long period of time. I mean, Escape and SWV just had a whole debate (laughs) (laughs) on their show about that. So, yes. It's a real thing. That's just the same thing, like, say, fans, you paying bills. So we can talk about insurance, for instance. You pay that same insurance bill all year long, but they'll tell you some mess like, oh, maybe once or twice a year, we're going to have to go up. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have to be that, you know, essentially, if they would ask your budget and go based off of your salary, that's a whole different ball game. Oh, so, <laughs> so, so I understand completely what we're getting at. There's correlations everywhere. But like you said, just, you know, asking what the budget is before you set it, throw a set number out there because you'll be lowballing yourself. And, hey, you live and you learn. And that's one of the things. Exactly. Because what happens, even with transportation, I'm learning as I'm learning the transportation game. Um, it's slow seasons. So when you have slow season and you have availability, you might can shave a little bit off. You know what I mean? Even for me with prom, prom was, you know, a big season. But during the November, December, January, it's kind of slow. So we may do discounted rates or, you know, have salt. So it just all depends on what's going on. But don't sell yourself short to try to fit in. And, and, and in this industry, I said this, there's a lot of groupies. And when I say groupies, I don't mean the females. I mean it's males and females just trying to get in to take be in a picture. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be that person. If you're in the, if you're actually interested in getting in the industry, you're not going to talk to the celebrity because more than likely they don't know really what's going on. They can say you and say, "Yeah, they're talking about manager." Best people to talk to is the behind the scene people, the managers, the road managers, even sometimes with the security, even the guards. Say, "Hey, if you need a stylist, you need a makeup person," because more than yeah. likely you want to recommend that. Say, "Hey, do you know somebody in the city?" Oh, yeah, I remember this lady gave me a card in Chicago. Let me look it up. And like you saying, too, like the crazy thing that a lot of people don't pay attention to, like even when you walk into any business or any corporation, like you don't realize who's wearing what hat. Mm-hmm. So that one person you call yourself trying to blow off because you saw that one hat that they got yep. might come back around and be like, oh, oh so you need to talk to me about that. So I'm all a- of a sudden, <laughs> your attitude <laughs> <is> like- <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because oh, he's just security or he's just, and then They'll tell you, oh, you got to talk to my brother, Kurt. You got to go talk to Kurt. He's my bro. Manager. And it's like, oh, I got to talk to him. I thought he was security. No, was, sometimes you wear multiple hats. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. I'm like, hey, yeah, you got to come back and talk to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, You mentioned people like 2 Chains and J. Cole. Those are the two rappers that stood out to me, at least. Um, And this is no shade to rappers, but sometimes we... <laughs> <laughs> We can associate hip-hop and rap with certain activities, certain street activities that take place. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about the scariest moment that you've experienced in the field? Um, the scariest moment? I would say it was more so the begin, my beginning of uh, being in this industry. Not understanding. I, I know everyone's heard of the 
check-in. You got to check-in um, in certain cities. And I never lived by, you got to check-in. It's listen, we can go there, we can do what we do and get out. Um, but being young, uh, I was working with, uh, I even I said Travis Porter, um, we went to Detroit and not knowing to check in with certain people. And then when it comes to your show, to me, me being where I'm like, no, my, my client's not being bothered and things like that. And like, um, I know we all know who we supposed to check in when we get to Detroit. He happened to be there. I'm like, no, I need to talk to him. I'm like, no. So just not realizing that when you're in other people's cities, you have to respect their cities, not be scared, but just show respect, you know? So. <clears throat> them reminded me that they booked the show and that they know where we're staying and what time our flight leaves. Yeah, that, that was one of the most scariest. But I will say this, before the, we left the arena, we all had a mutual respect for everybody. They respect mm -hmm. my job, how I took my job, and I respect them being in the city. Now, Kurt, I need to ask you. Oh, okay. I hope you ask me what I'm thinking. Go ahead. I just need to know the benefits that come from checking in. I understand it's peace of mind, but what other benefits come from checking in? All right, so I'm, I'm gonna really explain what it is. Checking in, saying, "Hey, can I get to come to your city?" Checking in is this: like, if you're from where you from? Um, saying, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. All right, so Charleston, South Carolina. You know where you can hang out, where you can't hang out, where the best food is, what to avoid doing down there, how the police are gonna treat you, and everything like that. Oh, so yeah. when you check in, it's like, "Hey, I'm coming to your city. What y'all got going on?" Hey, you might not want to go downtown to this area for the police stopping every tour bus or they're being aggressive downtown or stay away from this hood because right now they had a rival. So you're getting more benefits of checking in and more than likely what check in is more so of them want to just basically ride around the city with you or meet you at your event. You know what I mean? So if me checking in and saying, hey, I'm coming to your city, you know, we good. We're going we're gonna to go to this arena. They give you the heads up of what to do and what not to do in their city because a lot of times there are territory wars, game wars that you don't know about and you mm -hmm. going out there thinking everything cool yeah. or going to a meet and greet and they're like, man, listen, they shooting up the block around the corner. Don't go over there. So that's what the checking in for me benefits. It ain't the point of, oh, you got to pay a certain amount of money. We're not checking in like that, but we're just checking in like, hey, we in your city, you know, are we good? Where we need to stay away from? I don't, checking in on social media is painted as if like, this is the top notch, top head honcho dude in the city and he's there to scare you, basically. Like, you better not cross me or we're going to find you. That's the way it's painted. So that's how, yeah, that's the way it's portrayed. And that's the way that a lot of people, I think, think of checking in. So, like, for example, when some artists come here to Atlanta, and I'm just going to throw this name out there. I know I'm kind of personal. T.I. They call him the king of the South. So when they come down here, they they link up with T.I. Or T.I. may come to their shows. That's like a check-in. He's going to make sure while you're in the city, you know what I mean, you're good. Um, and I hate to use this example. But even with the thing with Amigos in, in Texas, yeah, you know, they, had, they were hanging out, but it's the point of, it was certain areas they shouldn't have been in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's just the point of knowing where you should and shouldn't be. And if you are a zone six, you got dog zone six, and if we got another zone six, hey man, are people coming out there, they good out there, you make sure they're straight. And they just, they're, they're like extra security, a blanket of security to make sure you know what about them. That's really what I look at checking in like. Have you worked with them? I can take this out if you don't want me to mention that. But have you worked with them before? Migos? Yeah. Migos? Yeah. Yeah, I have. They call me Uncle Kurt. <laughs> oh. I definitely have. So, yeah. Um, they're good dudes. They're good dudes. Um, they do a lot for the community, I will say. So, um, it, it's unfortunate. And, and when the situation happened, it was hurtful. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's, it's a lot more underlining that haven't been exposed yet. Yeah. And I right. guess 
Oh, go ahead, Justin. I just want to say there's a lot that, you know, these artists do in the community that just isn't highlighted. And it really blows me a lot of the time because people will do one bad thing and they'll forget about all the good you did. Did it for yeah. 20 years, 15 years, all of a sudden, oh, that one incident, what one incident will define them for their whole life. You can't yeah. even, and now it's terrible because as soon as it's up on the internet, it's there. And I'm gonna tell you, situation like, um, I remember Chris when he first came out, um, he's from Tennessee, Virginia, from Chesapeake. So, again, you know, when he was doing his promo run in the beginning with Run It, I had the opportunity to kind of work with him and you know, hang out and work with him on the road for a little bit. But one bad publicity and the way they paint the picture will scar you for the rest of your life. So no matter how much good he was doing, how great of a dancer, singer it was, that one young man that made a mistake now tending him for the rest of his life. So, you know, even now he's fighting, you know what I mean, by not receiving the awards or achievements that he should get because of something he did when he was 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Right. And I have this conversation with people all the time, like back in the 70s, 80s and further back, like all this stuff was not being recorded. It was word of mouth stuff. Yeah. Nowadays, they get you on camera. We see. Yeah, because there's no social media back then. Right. Exactly. Well, I think social media lets you get away with a lot. Got away with a lot. Yeah. And they'll tell you, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But it's like, sir, come on now. You so, did it yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, has there ever been an incident where you like ended a contract with the client because of whatever reason? Um. I, all of my clients have I still have relationships with, so I really still do a lot of stuff with. There have been contracts that I have not accepted um, for safety reasons. So, um, and when I was young, I thought it was cool that like, you know when Fifty Cent used to walk around with a bulletproof vest. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got mine on, but not realizing it's it's dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the older you get, the more mature and and learning this industry. So I would say. Um, I've turned down a lot of calls where I could I could have made a decent amount of money and seen more of the world, but it's the point of my safety. Anytime that you have people shooting at your van or shooting at you or you dug in the dodging bullets, and for me being my size, I'm the biggest target out there. So you may not hit that small artist, but you're gonna definitely hit me somewhere. So um and for me, I think outside the box, that small amount of money is worth my life. You know what I mean? I got a family, I got a five well, I got a four, five year old. That you know, what I mean, I got to take care and be here for. So, all money is not good money. You got to look at the whole outlook. You know, is a half a million dollars worth your life? It ain't. Right. Yeah. And that's a scary thought to have. That like, but essentially, they're expecting you to protect their life, which could yeah. very well end yours. Yeah. And you have family. This is just somebody who you could have just met. Yeah. I don't know. So. And that's really how it really is. Um. The the, the good thing about my um, relationships and, and businesses. Most of my clients that I work with, um, they don't have a lot of problems going on the street. You know what I mean? They're very family oriented. And I, I mean, I don't know, I know they want my, like two chains as a family man. He spends time with his daughters, his son. They have a on pod thing going on. Um, he goes on vacation. So he works and he spends time with the family. Monica, as you all see on social media, is a family person. So mm -hmm. we're taking trips around the world. We're taking uh, vacations together. We're going to Disney World. So, I'm not ducking and dodging bullets at Disney World. I'm ducking and dodging people asking us for autographs and taking pictures. But you know what I mean. It's not a safety risk, and that's and that's more so what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? As when I look at a client, what's the safety risk behind it? Do they have any drama in the street? Do I, is it somewhere that I feel safe? Is it something that I'm going to be able to actually protect them? You know what I mean? My biggest protection for most of my clients is 
when they crowd see and know they're there, what's the quick exit route? You know what I mean? And being that, I got to be that voice. I always, one thing I can tell anybody in this industry, never let that celebrity or that client be the bad person. You, you, you don't need to be known. So you can always say no. You can, you know, excuse me, and you guys move. Don't ever let that client say no because once they say no, now they're, you know, they're a villain. They're a bad person. They couldn't sign an autograph. Compared to if the security said no, that celebrity still good. Right, right. And I know you did hit on it a little bit. Like you said that you know the relationships that you've built with your clients is more family oriented. You know, make them feel at home and they're genuine. So what would you say to you know about those situations where you've heard about, say, for instance, like security firms who have dropped the client because of something publicly that came out, and those instances? What what are your thoughts on stuff that happens like that when it comes to those security firms just dropping clients because of something in the public that takes place that alleged is that they did something? I, I think it's best based off your reason behind it. Are you with that client? So for me, you know, and I was on my own security company, it was family. Like, I really felt like family. We had Sunday dinner. We ate together. We sat down and talked. We did cookouts. For some of these firms, it's strictly business. You know what I mean? So if it's if I stay with you and work with you, it's going to affect other clients or other businesses, and I'm going to drop it. For me, I never had that issue because it's more family oriented like i felt like a family so if she's going through or he's going through something we're all going through it together you know what i mean i'm going to stand 10 toes down um i think like i said again when it comes down to dropping the client if it's for safety reasons mm-hmm. i can understand but if it's more so because what's going on in the news or what i have seen a lot of is the um the security or people trying to blackmail or trying to sell their story after working with people you know what i mean that, that's that's not how the business works. Like I think we being around family, we see a lot of stuff, and we work yeah. with stuff. So for me to sit there and say, "Oh, I'm going to benefit off of your issues and stuff," but that, that that's not it. And so for yeah. me, everybody I work with becomes like a family member. Like they met mom, or you know, we I didn't sit down with kids. And again, with these artists, you know, they all have children. So for them to feel comfortable with me to be around their children at all times, it got to be really more than just work. And that probably helps you in the long run because, of course, they're going to recommend you to other people. Because like you said, there are, I've seen plenty of bodyguards who are like, yeah, I used to work with insert certain <laughs> artists. They did X, Y, and Z, and they yeah. collect that check, then that's it. Yeah. But what's odd to me is, though, it's like, I'm pretty sure like they're breaking some type of contract at some point or another that was signed where you shouldn't be talking to begin with. So it's like, I'm pretty sure a lawsuit is coming down the pipe. <laughs> depending, on, depending on the snippet. So, like, for me, um, I can say names. Like, I've I've worked with Janet Jackson early in my career. That was, like, one of my first top big names that I was able to go on tour. She flew me out to L.A. We met. Um, worked with her for, about like two and a half weeks. Flew back. And they did some spot dates. So that was like a, you know, wow. But, you get, again, you have to remain professional. You know, this is work. Um, I think um, I was, but the NDAs, the NDAs are real. You know, I, uh, Kim Kardashian definitely have an NDA, you know, even to go to her house. So um, most artists nowadays don't use it. They don't have it until it's too late. And that's 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 the young boy not understanding that everything yeah. people see, other people can talk about and write a book on. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's going to sell because every, what, what we learned in, in today's society with social media, drama sales. You know what I mean? If you can give me some dirt on somebody, are we going to pay to, to get it? So... 
Right. And that just ties back to what I said earlier when I was asking about relationships equaling currency, because now it just seems like when I said that, I meant like the way you mentioned moments ago, being a family oriented space, when you come into contact with people. I feel like we talked about this a, a while ago in a couple of our episodes, I can't remember which specific one, how a lot of these relationships have become so, so transactional that people don't think about what can I do to help said person, but more what can this person do for me? Mm-hmm. And I, and I and it's, just, it's just so crazy because it's continually going on in society. There's no, it's because like I spoke with my grandfather, for instance, a couple of days ago. We used to all go together and build a house together and wouldn't charge. You get a sandwich and something to drink and you go to work. Yeah. Now, oh, nah, dog, I don't need you to, uh, I'm you some day, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't work all day now. I don't need you to work a little bit of hours, but I want the top pay for it, dog. Yeah. 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 I got, and I got that's really how the industry is right now where, you got people that were overcharged, and then you got the people that are undercharged, and, and they call it crab in the barrel. Where, when you when you really service them at a certain level, they want you to you know lower it because I can get somebody else to do it for cheaper. And, I, and my goal is always to say, if I, if it's not one of my long term clients that I've dealt with, I'm okay with walking away from it because you don't miss what you never had. You know what I mean? And more than likely, I can, I can stand on this. I've had several clients that call me back about three or four weeks later and say. That ain't working. I've even had some big corporations, event centers, that say, hey, you know, right now we're going to go a different direction because I can get this cheaper. And I said, okay, no problem. And then three weeks later, we need you to come back. Well, unfortunately, my rates has increased. So because you want cheaper and you realize that my liability, I need, yeah. Yeah, I'm so, going to tax you for that. Yeah. <laughs> tax you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the same. <laughs> the one thing I do want people to realize, and I think this is the biggest um, advice I can give. It's okay to walk away from it. It's okay to say no. Don't feel obligated because of the number. I think people get so caught up with the number and saying, oh, I can make this amount, but the liability behind it. Um, when you're dealing in this type of business with, with celebrities, everyone's looking for to come up rich. Everybody want to get um, rich and famous. I want to get rich and famous off YouTube for you doing something crazy to me, or I want to sue you because you stepped on my toe. And in reality, um, insurance or Celebrities don't like going to court. They don't want to go through the process, so they try to settle. So when you're trying to get a quick fifty, hundred thousand dollars, you're suing for stupid stuff. You know what I mean? So again, you got to look at the liability because one thing I will tell you: when they sue their artists, they also going to sue their security. That goes in every aspect, whether it's a personal protection, business, club, event center. If that club or event center gets sued, that security company is going to get sued as well. So look at your liability. Is my is it worth me? Taking this amount of money for the long term, that if something happened, I can lose everything. Yeah, right. And it's smart too that you said that too for the folks that are looking to, you know, start and do think do do what you're doing essentially because essentially you are the blueprint based off of everything you discussed, brick by brick, day by day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Year by year at this point. So yeah. it's just like it's interesting that you said that because a lot of folks don't realize that everything does add up. Whether it goes comes from putting in that work. Or say, for instance, like you mentioned moments ago, when it comes to legal legal issues, whether that be monetary, there's a lot of people that are involved with that process. There's so much that goes into it. So everybody just be mindful. Like, don't think that you jumping into it and not knowing or crossing and dotting your eyes and thinking everything's going to work out. <laughs> there's administrative work that goes into it. Not just showing up at the door or opening the door and being on somebody's hip. There is administrative work. <laughs> and, and ask questions. One thing I think as people, we don't ask questions. We think we know it all. We too like entitled to ask. Like for me, I was the first one learning how this industry works. 
ask, well, how does this work? How? So, like, I never knew about per diems my first year, where if you go overseas and you go out, you get a per diem where they pay for your food. So, like, most of my clients that were my long-term, everyday clients, you never had to worry about, you know, food because you got to eat. I paid for it. They paid for it. It was a family. But when you're going on tours and you're dealing with, you know, two weeks or you're overseas, you're supposed to get a per diem. And if, if there's certain things you don't know, they're not going to tell you because that's more money they save. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. if you don't know about any industry or what, whatever you're about to get into, you will transportation. I have a person, and I won't call him a mentor, but basically, and I, I give you inside game. Um, every time an artist moves, they use a car service. But there's in town, out of town. We fly in, we have a chauffeur waiting for us at the airport. When we go out of town, we use the tour bus, we use sprinters. So I know what the numbers look like for going out of town, renting sprinters per day. Yeah, so, right, it off, right on to the bit, right that right. off. <laughs> <laughs> We're paying X amount of dollars to travel, and they're going to make the money, and it's their vehicle. I could purchase the same thing, and they can rent from me, and I'm making double the money on car service and on the road manager, car service and security. So learning how the car service work, I asked a lot of questions in the beginning. Hey, how much do you charge? How do you know? How do you charge by the mileage? What do you allow? What you don't allow? And then, you know what I mean, the more you learn, you adapt it to what's comfortable for you. So if this person may say, for example, they charge, let's say $200 an hour. You're learning. You're going to charge $200 an hour. You may do 150 to learn and get your name out there. So the more you learn how it works, then you can build yourself up to it. That makes sense for longevity purposes, too, because I'm sure you're going to get to a certain age where you're not going to want to be a role I'm manager. Retiring oh soon. I'm retiring soon. <laughs> This is coming. Oh. Somebody is telling me it's time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That, that that definitely makes sense. Would you say that um, the networking piece and kind of like building family and friendships have been the most rewarding part of what you do? I, yes. I say the building relationships, the family, um, being incorporated as some of the famous people that people like go crazy over, like being able to call or go over the house or go to cookouts or, you know, just even like sometimes. I become a counselor where they can share some things with me and I can share some things with them. We can bounce things off each other because again, a lot of things they can't express or show the world because they'll be judged. So it's like when you yeah. find that person you're comfortable with talking with and who better when somebody's with you 24 hours a day, you know, we're on the road, we're on hotels, we're on the tour bus, we're flying out of the country. Um, you start to get more personable with people. Um, so I'll say that was one. Another is being able to see the world. Um, I almost joined the military, um, the ROTC, uh, three years, um, graduated high school, signed up for the military. All of my family did military. But when it came time for boot camp, it was too close to graduation. I was like, well, you know, I'm just going out of school. And my second date was too close to my birthday. And I was like, that ain't going to work neither. But I wanted to see the world. My family seen the world. But I can say I've been almost everywhere. I've been to Africa several times, Dubai several times, Australia several times, um, all around Germany. So I've been around the world on tours and been blessed to be able to have other experiences. So I would just tell people, don't limit yourself to your state or your region. It's mm -hmm. more, you know, get that passport, travel, because it's a different world outside of the United States. Definitely. <clears throat> Did you have anything else, Justin? Yeah, I just want to end on this, man. Like, you, you've, you've heard it all. You've heard, you've heard the story. You've heard you know, some of the names and, you know, that you've heard about the journey and everything that goes into it. So please understand that it's okay to fail. It's okay to start slow and work your way up. It's okay. Like, like he said, just moments ago, I know a lot of us get stuck in the every day to day stuff that we do on, the, on these jobs or just in life in general, going through the motions. 
And then we forget it's a big world out here that we haven't seen. Like, come on now, you don't want to grow, keep getting older and older, and all you've been in is the same city all your life. You haven't gone nowhere. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying nothing about the older folks. house, <laughs> Stayed in their city. That's cool. You raised some great kids, grandkids, et cetera. Beautiful. But for everybody, you know, get out there, enjoy the world, experience life, be safe. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's getting crazy out here. Definitely. <laughs> um, well, Curtis, thank you for joining us today. No I learned a lot. Very interesting, too. I never thought I would speak to a bodyguard. Right, right. <laughs> I'm just saying, I never thought that. Um, but I enjoyed the conversation, and I'm sure the audience will, too. Did you want us to include um, like your information in the description box? Yeah, that's cool. Definitely, definitely. They can reach out to me. I'm open. I always tell people, someone help me to get to this level. I'm definitely open to helping anyone else I can. I'm an open book. If you ask me, I don't mind sharing it with you. Um, I tell everybody, get what you can from who you can. Okay. I have been Daisha D. I've been Jay Stang. Remember to join us every other Friday at noon. And always remember to like, comment, and subscribe. All right.